Do you know a man by the name of Lafon? Carl Lafon. Capital L, small a. Capital F, small o, small n, small g. Lafon. Carl Lafon. No, I don't know Carl Lafon. Capital L, small a. Capital F, small o, small n, small g. And if I did know Carl Lafon, I wouldn't admit it. Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial and at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone, and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, we'll celebrate John Bratton's birthday, introduce you to Jack Lassoir, experience several stampedes, and I hope you don't mind being called Sweetheart. A couple of days ago, January 21st, marked the birth in 1867 in Wilmington, Delaware, of John Walter Bratton to John F. Bratton and Emma Jane Smith. He received musical training from the Philadelphia College of Music and began his career as a singer. He soon turned from performing to composing, forming partnerships with lyricists Walter H. Ford and Paul West, which would produce over 250 songs. Bratton married Dorothy Zimmerman on May 21, 1907, the same year he wrote his only enduring hit, The Teddy Bear Two-Step. President Theodore Roosevelt, known much to his chagrin as Teddy, became the subject of a political cartoon created by Clifford Berryman when he refused to shoot a bear that had been captured for his benefit. The cartoon was published in the Washington Post and was seen by Morris Mitchum, who was inspired to create Teddy's Bear. The Teddy Bear Two-Step became known as the Teddy Bear's Picnic, and the sheet music sold very well, but it wasn't until 1932 that Irish songwriter Jimmy Kennedy wrote lyrics to the tune first recorded by Henry Hall and his orchestra. John Bratton died February 7, 1947, in New York City, the very same day that he finished writing the lyrics for his last song, Time Brings Many Changes. He's buried at the Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn. Bratton was also a theatrical producer, responsible for the musical comedies Hodgepodge and Company, The Man from China, and The Pearl and the Pumpkin. Bratton's songs popular in their day included The Sunshine of Paradise Alley, I Love You in the Same Old Way, In a Cozy Corner, and these.
like ours will never die hand in hand in fair and stormy weather how's just you and I on our golden wedding day dear I love you I still will say dear so let's grow old together sweetheart as the years roll by Thank you. 
we started our tribute to John W. Bratton with his most famous and enduring tune, Teddy Bear's Picnic. That was Arthur Pryor's band from Victor 16001, the label of which says Descriptive Novelty with Bear Imitations. That's take two from September 14, 1908. Most all of the recordings of Bratton's works were recorded in the last couple of years of the 1890s and the first few of the 1900s, so not many of the records are broadcast quality. But I was able to come up with a couple of nice later electrical recordings. We heard Cyril Grantham suggesting, Sweetheart, let's grow old together. That was Geraldo and his orchestra from Decca F-6018, made July 8, 1936. We finished up with the International Novelty Orchestra, not the Victor House Band conducted by Nat Shilkrit, but the British studio band of the same name, and Parade of the Pirates. That's from Regal Xenophone MR-2689 from 1938. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records on KISL Avalon, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. For quite a while now, the name Jack Lassoir has been in the possible topic list, but I was unable to find a date of birth, so I was just going to go ahead and give Jack a segment of his own on tonight's show. Then I just happened to see a comment made by his daughter to a YouTube video of one of his songs. I was able to get in touch with her and had a very pleasant phone conversation the other day, but even she didn't have much information about him. John Schenk Lassoir, capital L, small e, capital S, small o, small i, small r, Lassoir, was born November 17, 1900, in New York City, to George Lassoir, capital L, small e, capital S, small e, small u, small e, small r, and Jane Schenk. So, why the discrepancy in spellings? Well, George Lesseur was an actor and didn't like the sound of his name, so changed it to what he thought was the much classier-sounding Lesseur. While his parents were on the road in show business, young Jack stayed with an aunt in upstate New York, and he attended Stuyvesant High School in New York City. Jack's first professional gig was playing the ukulele in the steeplechase band at Coney Island. On December 30, 1926... Peter Glenny's daring and controversial drama titled New York Exchange opened at the Claw Theater. In the cast was Alison Skipworth as Mrs. Ella Mae Morton, an unpleasant part, which the New York Times said she played unpleasantly. Playing the part of the orchestra leader in New York Exchange was George Lassoir, but the orchestra in the play was actually Jack Lassoir's dance orchestra. New York Exchange was still playing more than a year later, and during that time the cast hosted eight parties held on the nightclub set of the play, with Jack Lassoir's orchestra providing the dance music. Jack Lassoir's dance orchestra also played at New York's 49th Street Theater, with Jack leading and playing the banjo. In 1941, Jack married Mabel Georgiana Noble at the little church around the corner, on East 29th between Madison and 5th in Manhattan. Mabel was a nurse, and music being a tough business was the primary earner in the family. Jack missed his life as a musician and composer terribly, and following his musical career worked a series of different jobs including cashier, 
construction and even stints with Nestle and the Postal Service. Jack Lassoir died September 10, 1964, in East Meadow, New York, and his ashes are buried on family property. I don't know the circumstances surrounding Jack's musical collaborations, but he teamed up with Ray Dahl, Saul Klein, and Kenneth Casey. Here's the first of not one, but two sets of tunes by Jack Lassoir. linger again Where love came to me on a little balcony in Spain I hadn't the right but the spell of the night made me kiss her again Where love came to me on a little balcony in Spain At dawn I found she had gone I didn't take long to discover She had somebody else for her lover I lost my chance That's the way of romance Now I linger in vain Where love came to me On a little balcony in Spain
What's his name? That I had Harry. Hey, 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 what does he do? For a living, I ask, say, just nothing. Simply living in class. That's his game. His high hat Harry. What's that? All over him. That's nothing but clothes. What's that? Above his chin. That's nothing but nose. Now, if he says women are easy to get and easy to handle and easy to pet, say, you can bet. That's high hat Harry. Me that you'd be true the day we said adieu. 
Was I the only one you gave your precious kisses to? Sherry, will I return to find just a memory? In a cafe on the road to Calais. Back in 2015, I played In a Cafe on the Road to Calais by Abe Lyman. But there you have Noble Sissel and his orchestra with their version being heard on the show for the first time. Noble Sissel was the vocalist on that February 24, 1931 Brunswick recording, which went unissued. In a Cafe on the Road to Calais was written by Lassoir and the aforementioned Dahl and Klein. Before that, Oreste Migliaccio and his Queensland Orchestra with Jack Kaufman taking the vocal honors on Hi-Hat Harry, written by Lassoir, Dahl, and Kenneth Casey. That's take three from a May 4, 1927 session issued on Edison 52017. Queensland, in this case, has nothing whatsoever to do with Australia, but tune in to next week's show to find out what it does refer to and to hear more by Oreste. We started the set with the Rhythmic Troubadours, a Stan Greening pseudonym, who were on a little balcony in Spain on January 31, 1931. That's from Regal MR-304, and the vocalist was Joe Sargent. As promised, here are three more from the pen of Jack Lassoir, beginning with his most well-known song.
Singapore sorrow, Singapore sorrow, stealing each soul with pride. All through the gloom, they go round to your room. And while you sleep, they just keep right on crooning. Nothing but sadness, nothing but sadness. Why did you go astray? You will find gladness, you will find gladness if you just stay away. That's what I heard in that old Chinatown. Singapore sorrow, Singapore sorrows, following you around.
to lose you to learn you were meant for me, performed there by the Troubadours, a pseudonym for the Victor Orchestra directed by Nat Shilkrit on May 24, 1931. The vocalist on Victor 22664 was Lou Conrad. Before that, the British band of Ronnie Monroe as the Roof Garden Orchestra with Singapore Sorrows. Ray Dahl wrote the music and Jack Lassoir gets sole lyricist credit on that one with Les Reese, the vocalist. Parlophone R-159 was made around May 28, 1928. We started the set with Jack Lassoir's most well-known tune, Make My Cot Where the Cot Cot Cotton Grows. That was Red Nichols' Stompers with the vocal duo of Charlie Farrell and Jim Miller. Victor 21056 was recorded October 26, 1927. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. Sunday nights at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and every single one of our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand anytime at all online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. One of my favorite movies is City Slickers from 1991, and one of my favorite scenes is The Cattle Stampede started by Billy Crystal, switching on his electric coffee grinder. Well, in this segment, we're going to have a trio of stampedes, starting with a xylophone stampede by Harry Robbins. Thank you. 
Fletcher Henderson and his orchestra with Henderson's tune, The Stampede. But not the May 14, 1926 version you usually hear. No, no, no. This was Vocalion 3534 from March 22, 1937. Before that, Benny Carter and his orchestra with his tune, Savoy Stampede from Vocalion 5112, January 29, 1939. And we began that trio of stampedes with Xylophone Stampede. That was Jack Hilton and his orchestra in 1930 on HMV B-5809 with Harry Robbins wielding the mallets. Last week we spotlighted Evelyn and Joe Hiller, and I mentioned that Joe wrote If I Could Call You Sweetheart in 1912. Unfortunately, if it was recorded, I couldn't find any copies. You can't copyright song titles, so about 20 years later, the songwriting team of Frank Magine, Charlie Agnew, and Charles Newman also wrote If I Could Call You Sweetheart. And I do have a recording of that. Here's Bob Causer and his Cornelians. Thank you. 
capítulo 2, capítulo 6. Every minute I try to do it, I just begin it, I never get through it, it's hard to do. You never realize, I don't suppose, who is the one that I love to be close to. Maybe I don't appeal to you in a way I really don't feel I do, but still, it's true. I always wanted to call you my sweetheart. We have no reason at all to stay apart. I love the look in your eyes, the way that you smile. I'm certain that I could do for a while the things that perhaps you never thought I could start. I always wanted to call you my sweetheart. From the moment we met, I've been in a trance. I'll never forget the way you appealed to me. All the others I care for, I have lost their chance, and I realize, therefore, it's hard to be. You just pretended that you were so cold. My worries ended the day that you told me that in spite of the way you acted to certain things, you were really trying to display to see. I always wanted to go.
Recorded in the Wurlitzer Building in Chicago on October 11, 1926, Jesse Crawford at the console with Gene Goldkett's book Cadillac Hotel Orchestra, directed by Owen A. Bartlett, with I'd Love to Call You My Sweetheart. That's from Victor 20257, and I'd Love to Call You My Sweetheart was written by the trio of Joe Goodwin, Larry Shea, and Paul Ash. Before that, the two syncopators on the British Piccadilly label, number 167, recorded sometime around the summer of 1928 with I've Always Wanted to Call You My Sweetheart, written by Chuck Endor, who recorded it, Eddie Ward, and Harry Steinberg. According to Michael Thomas's excellent website, The Two Syncopators was another name for the two Bobs. The American vaudeville team of Bob Adams and Bob Alden billed themselves as the two Bobs and had a major career in British Music Hall beginning in 1912. They did appear at the Scala Theater near Liverpool in July of 1927, so I suppose they could be the two syncopators. We started the set with Bob Causer and his Cornelians with If I Could Call You Sweetheart. The If I Could Call You Sweetheart, written by Frank Magine, Charlie Agnew, and Charles Newman, not the one by Joe Hiller. The vocalist on Perfect 15616, recorded May 13, 1932, was Paul Small. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always... I thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) ¶¶